Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and today I have an interesting podcast entitled A Brief History of the Worst Ways to Cure Everything, a book written by Lydia L-Y-D-I-A Kang, K-N-G-M-D, co-written by Nate Peterson, a freelance writer. This book was given to me as a Christmas present, and I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. And the actual title above this is called Quackery, Q-U-A-C-K-E-R-Y. And it's a history, if you will, through time of charlatans, swindlers, con artists, and quacks, physicians, sadly, uh, who tried many, many different types of medical treatments on patients that were proven to be not only useless, but very deadly many times. So as you pay attention to this, this is not one of our standard medical broadcasts. This is a brief history of the worst ways to cure everything. This is applied to anyone who tries to convince others that their methods or treatments are correct. And in the case of the physicians, as I mentioned, for centuries, many treatments were tried and sometimes, though rarely worked, without killing the patient. We're going to mention some of these in dealing with disease, and many of these so-called quacks, shysters, snake oil salesmen made a lot of money before being caught in their schemes. A number of these medicines were naturally occurring elements and seemed to many physicians to be the utmost in medical treatments. To start with, a product that many of us put in our mouths from our infancy to our last breath, mercury. What do you think was in the oral thermometer that mommy used to poke in your mouth to see if you had a temperature? You bet, mercury. If a child had a fever, or was teething, or had any one of many ailments that could respond to the drug, it was calomel, C-A-L-O-M-E-L, a drug rich in mercury. This was touted as a drug that could strengthen the child or relieve the bowel troubles of any child. There was a powder that was out many, many centuries ago called Moffitt's Tethina, T-E-E-T-H-I-N-A powder, which contained the calomel, which, as I mentioned, was full of mercury. For centuries, folks thought mercury could fix melancholy, influenza, parasites, and syphilis. It was commonly used as a salt or as a liquid known as quicksilver to cure what ailed people. Such notables as Napoleon, Edgar Allan Poe, Andrew Jackson, and Louisa May Alcott, or Louisa May Alcott, however you want to pronounce it, have been known to dabble with the mysterious liquid quicksilver. Calomel was, and still is, popular in some cultures around the world as a cathartic. In the powder form, it's mixed with various beverages to treat such things as mental illness, bowel issues, and even hypochondria. And one of our most favorite presidents, Abraham Lincoln, fell victim to the liquid mercury scam. It was known he had severe mood swings, headaches, and constipation. Took large doses over the years, but never seemed to become overly toxic. Now, as mercury began to fade as a treatment, and as most of you know, the old mercury thermometer we grew up with is about completely gone. 
Another cure for a very common ailment, nausea and vomiting, has actually been around since 3000 BCE. This product was a toxic metal known as antimony, A-N-T-I-M-O-N-Y, and had been touted as a cure-all by many, many ancient physicians. This metal was mixed with wine or other beverages in various amounts. And I'm not sure how the folks who actually used them calculated the doses, but like with modern medicines, two large amounts can be deadly. A 16th century doctor believed that antimony was the perfect thing to cure what ailed anybody. He said it purifies itself and at the same time everything else that is impure. The name antimony means anti-monk, M-O-N-K, or monk killer. And the antimedics that we've used through the years to keep us from being sick have included salt, beer and garlic, copper sulfate, apomorphine, A-P-O-M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E, and the infamous Ipecac, I-P-E-C-A-C, that I'd say most of us older folks have had around in the medicine cabinet for a long time. And these products have actually been around as early as the 16th century. One of the most famous and deadly poisons that had been used to treat people in the past is arsenic. How many of us have heard of arsenic? Small amounts can be slipped into food or drink without much of a taste, and within hours, the person ingesting it would be gone. It has been called the poison of kings and has been used for centuries as a means to slough off abnormal skin lesions like ulcers, eczema, warts, and skin cancers. Various means of usage, including skin applications, eating, and enemas were used by people who needed it but were unsuspecting of the severe results. Arsenic was used in popular dyes, in wallpaper, fabrics, artificial flowers. Then, after the dangers of arsenic were uncovered and they quit using it for medical purposes, it became an insecticide. Napoleon's death, as mentioned, was supposedly due to mercury, but high amounts of arsenic were also found in his hair. And both arsenic and mercury have been used over many years to treat syphilis with extremely good results. And it's also been treating promyelocytic, P-R-O-M-Y-E-L-O-Cytic, C-Y-T-I-C, leukemia, now with good outcomes. Another cure that surprised me was gold. Various doctors attempted to cure alcoholism with gold injections and oral solutions. And interestingly, when ingested, the gold just seemed to not absorb, pass through the GI system without breaking down, so essentially it really didn't do anything to the body. Around 2500 BCE, the Chinese thought gold was resistant to corrosion and therefore believed it would prolong life. They used it for a gargle and a drink called the elixir of life. And about 1300 BCE, an alchemist figured out how to make gold dissolve in a liquid. But unfortunately, the liquid he used was nitric 
and hydrochloric acid, which obviously led to the demise of the person using it. In the 17th century, doctors believed one could be cured of mental illness and epilepsy by taking a pill made of gold particles. Sadly, a lot of money was made by these quacks, especially when dealing with a substance as rich as gold. Gold was used in the 19th century for alcoholism and to treat sexually transmitted diseases. Pills, lozenges, and powders were used to try to obtain a cure, but, as expected, did nothing to cure any of these at all. Interestingly, one would think that maybe silver would be used as a medicinal therapy. Some folks, however, decided to try it to prevent infections, and the rich ones were said to have ingested so much from their silver spoons, they actually turned a bluish color on the skin, a condition known as argyria, A-R-G-Y-R-I-A. We're certainly glad that these preparations have found their places in the medical history books and not back on the pharmacist's shelves. And if you wish to read more on these and other products, but full of fun facts, please consult Quackery, A Brief History of the Worst Ways to Cure Everything, by Lydia Kang, M.D., and Nate Peterson, as I said, a freelance journalist. I thoroughly enjoyed this and will look forward to finishing out the rest of the book. Now, till the next time, it's been stated You cannot live a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never be able to repay you. A quote from the famous coach, John Wooden. And another quote, The greatest mistake you can make in life is to be continually fearing you will make one. From Albert G. Hubbard, a nationally known U.S. writer. Folks, I've enjoyed having you with me today. Hope you've gotten something out of this program and we'll maybe look that up in that text. And I hope each of you truly have a safe and healthy day. And I'll see you a little further on up the road.